You are in everyday living, okay? Just so you know. So uh, this is not a seminar. Repeat after me. What did I say? This is not a seminar. Right, because seminars are where you sit still and someone talks at you and you go... Yeah, I mean, we fall asleep all the time. This is a workshop, okay? So in order for a workshop to work, that means you need to work, right? I said work a lot. So... What we need you to do is to put yourself into groups of around 20 people. 20? So stay sitting down and put yourself into a group. For people at the back, if you're here for everyday living, come, come in. There's space. Don't be afraid. I promise not to bite you. I might bite someone else, but that's okay. Not you. Come forward. Come find a spot that's comfortable. And then we're putting ourselves into groups of 20. 20. If you are in a group that is less than 20, maybe go over to someone and say, hey, can I join your group? Or hey, would you like to join my group? How are we doing? Have we found our groups? Um, do you want to, where's Carolyn? Mrs. Bain. There's a whole other person who I've lost. This is great. This is what happens when you do a workshop, is that the people who are doing it with you disappear um, and you end up by yourself. Carolyn, do we want them in circles? Or, yeah? Yeah, sure. Try and, try and move yourself into a circle. Use up the space. You can come a bit closer, that's okay. There's no stage, so it's fine. We can move backwards if need be. Try and just make sure that you can see some of the people in your circle. People who are standing, give me a wave. Hello, you need to be sitting. Do you want to come and find a space? There's a really big spot right here. Right, right here. And if you're walking into the room... We're trying to find groups of 20, roughly 20, and then come and sit in a circle. Carolyn's walking around. There are buckets being handed out. But come, come closer. Come join me. Come closer. There's literally a massive spot where Taylor is standing. It's super empty, and she feels so alone. So alone. Okay, you need to be sitting around a bucket, okay? If you've got a bucket... Oh, this group hasn't got a bucket. We've got a spare bucket. Oh, we've got no more buckets. These people are bringing a bucket. Okay, this group in the blue, you are now joining this group here with that bucket. There you go. Okay. Who hasn't got a bucket? Oh, my gosh. Okay, you need to join a group with a bucket. You spread yourself out, split yourselves up, join a group with a bucket. Okay. Hello and welcome to Everyday Living. So, uh, this is Everyday Living. You are way more than we expected. That's great. We may have to buy more buckets. Um, We are really glad to have you with us. Uh, Over this week, we are looking at topics that impact your everyday living. 
Does that make sense? So it seems quite sensible to call it everyday living. Um, it is a workshop, not a seminar. Uh, so you're going to be doing a lot of work and a lot of talking. However, put your hand up if you know if you're like I am so an extrovert. I'm loud. I love hanging around people. Put your hand up if that's you. Extroverts. There's quite a few of you. Okay, put your hand down. That also means there's quite a few introverts in the room. People who don't like talking to strangers, who don't want to just have random conversations with people. Now, we are asking you to push yourself a bit and try and have a conversation with someone that you might not know, okay? Or a conversation about something you might not particularly have spoken about before, okay? But, here's the but. Are we listening? Are we listening at the back? Yes, okay. I'm going to say it as a yes. But if you are like, oh my gosh, I really, really can't talk to the person next to me, that's okay. What I would like you to do is when we get to a discussion point, I'd like you to take your phone out and talk to your phone. Okay? I'd like you to write down those points that you really feel like you can't say to anyone else and write them down on your phone. Because here's an amazing thing. Jesus can read, people. Yes, I know. So... You're still going to be talking, but you just might not be ready to have that conversation with someone else. I hope as the week goes on, you might be able to. Have I missed anything? No? Great. So today, we are talking about self-care. Okay? Oh, and also, I did miss something. There's all this stuff here. Okay? There's a lot of stuff here. Um, and anyone who knows me, and if you, if you were way older, you would know that I used to run 12 to 14s, and I love giving stuff away. Um, so we want to give away a lot of stuff today um, and every day. And so we're going to give you a chance each day to do that. So we're going to start now. We're going to start now. So we're going to play a game. Um, how many groups do we have? Sure, 15. Sounds great. So you are going to... Pick a person from your group. Yes, great. And you've got, you can pick that between yourselves. I'm not picking for you. You can pick for yourselves. This is a democracy. Um, we're going to play a quick game. It's a quick guessing game. And for everything that you guess correctly, you can get a prize. Super simple, super easy. Um, we are going to ask our panel. Yes, great. We're going to ask our panel to write down, so that's all four of us, to write down a word that they associate with self-care. You guys will then have to guess what word we have written, right? If you guess it correctly, you get a prize. If you don't guess it correctly, you don't. That's it. You've got a blank piece of card. Great, that's helpful. Yes, in your buckets, if you look inside your buckets, there will be a blank piece of card and a Sharpie which is just a really, really thick black pen in case no one knows what Sharpie is. Um, and you're just going to write down. So we're going to take a second and you're going to think, what do you think that we would associate with self-care? One word. That's what I'm asking for is one word. So if I said self-care is one word, see what you get. You have 20 seconds. Taylor's trying not to get the same one that everyone else is getting. Yeah. 
Okay, you got 10 seconds, nine, eight. Write it big on your piece of paper, please. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, and one. Okay, can your person who's holding your piece of paper stand up? Okay. Okay, and come forward. Come forward, come forward, let's have a line. Have a line. Come forward. Okay, now, there's a lot of piece of paper, okay. All right. Okay, let me see yours. No, just me. Okay, yeah, great. Okay, let me see yours. Yep, okay, let me see yours. Uh, oh, okay, all right. Mm, okay, okay, show everyone your word. His word is love. Nope, no one said that. Your word is self respect. Nope, no one said that. Your word is well being. Nope, no one said that. Love, no, goodbye. Oh, this love, no, goodbye. If you said love, sit down immediately, honestly. Relaxing, no, no one said that. Sleep, good, but no. Sit down. Love, sit down. Keep coming. You've written like 15 words. One word, you're out, you cheated. Uh, well-being, did anyone write well-being? No, they didn't. Sit down. Oh, this is hard. Self-love, it's still love. No, sit down. Security, nope, sit down. Fundamental. Wow. All right. I mean, yeah, seriously. I'm impressed by fundamental. Oh, you just wrote lots and just, just trying it on. Excuses for why you wrote loads. Uh huh, yeah, yeah. Uh huh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your whole team cheated. Sit down. No. Well being, nope. Oh, skincare, exercise, sleep, water. She did cross them all out. No, none of those. Oh, look at this. Spa, 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 you can stay. Okay, so can we get a quick round? One person in the team, stand up and just yell a word. Self-care is. Go. No. No. What did he say? He said. What did she say? Food. No. She said food. She said food. Okay, come up. Sit down. No, we're done. She said food. Okay, you come up. Banana man, come up. You stay here. Okay. Okay, banana man. Well done. Banana man saved you, Lord. You know, because you, uh, your answer rubbish. Uh, panel, can you tell us what your words? Food, shower, hard, and I said massage, massage. But spa was close, okay? So food, you can take over to your group a box of crisps, a tub of sweets, and a crate of drink. And where's your group? Where's the spa group? Because it was close, and a lot of things she said was spa-like, you can take a tub of sweets. Give me a round of applause.
Go quick. You have to be really quick. No, no. Quick. Go. Go. That's it. You guys want Sprite? Yep. You do. There you go. And Sprite. Tango. Right. There we go. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Okay. So hello, I'm Isabel. Um, if you were with us this morning at Josh 14s, then I was doing worship with you all. Um, I'm gonna really quickly, really quickly introduce the panel. This is Carolyn. She is my mother. Shock and horror. Who knew? Um, so if I say mum or mumsy or mums or anything close to mum, I'm talking about her. I'm not talking about your mum. That's my mum, not your. Anyway, okay. This is Sanjeev. Sanjeev, big wave, big wave, big wave. We love. And this is Taylor. Say hi. Great. Wonderful. So we're going to chat to you about self-care. So before we start, I thought it would be good uh, to just to get to know the panel to talk about a story of our first experience with self-care. So I'm going to start. Um, so I was, I have to set the scene for you. I'm a storyteller. We've got to set the scene. I was 16 years old. I was in college. Um, I went to a music college, which meant that um, it was lots of very fragile people getting anxious about things that weren't actually that big a deal, but because, you know, we're musicians and creatives, it was like, oh. Um, but I had a teacher who decided that to relax us, she was going to do guided meditation at the end of our class. And everyone was very excited. So we got to the end of the class, and she made us sit down, and then she was like, close your eyes while you're speaking or whatever she's doing and then she's like okay so you're walking down a dock and you get to the end of the dock and then you're going to get into this boat and I'm like great I'm walking down the dock and then I get into the boat cool and then she's like and as you come around the corner of the dock and I'm like well, hold on a second there was a corner on the dock so I need to go backwards because then I'm, I'm coming this way round the corner to the end of the dock to get into the boat and then she's like and as you go down the river I'm like I'm not in the boat so I'm very confused so I'm like sprinting in my mind to get into the boat so that I can then follow the rest of them and catch up I'm then also thinking am I in a speedboat or a paddle boat or like a rowboat. So is it moving by itself or am I supposed to be rowing the boat? And where, which wet direction did they go in? So how do I follow them? I'm saying this now. I have ADHD. At the time, I did not know that I had ADHD. This now makes a lot more sense. So I was the most stressed that a person could ever be after meditation. Everybody else had come out of this meditation like, I feel like so relaxed and like ready to do exams and really good. I'm like, like at the, I had no words. I, at the point, I think she did it three more times and I left class early because I got so stressed that I couldn't follow the meditation. So that is my story of self-care. Do you want to go, mum? My story of self-care is... Um, my first experience of self-care was last year because um, I got saved when I was in my 20s a long time ago. And when I got saved, I was always told, sacrifice for Jesus. Sacrifice. Live a life of sacrifice. Don't worry about self. Jesus has got self. So self-care was for like people who weren't holy um, not for like proper Christians because proper Christians let Jesus look after them. Um, and then last year I started a business or not last year, the year before I started a business and my life was very hectic and someone just really challenged me uh, last January and said, when do you take a day off? 
And I said, I don't take a day off. I've got to run a business. I've got an empire to build, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I haven't got time for a day off. And they said, well, if you don't take a day off, you're either saying one of two things. You're either saying, one, your business is trash and it will never survive because it can't function without someone working seven days a week, 12 hours a day. Or even worse, you're saying God's not big enough to look after your business. Um, and actually, there's this whole stuff in the Bible about Sabbath and rest. And so last January was my first ever time of going, I'm just going to look after myself for a day a week. Um, and uh, it's really hard. That's my honest answer. Hi all. Uh, my name is uh, Sanjeev or Jeeves. Uh, it's fine. I'm from Hope Church, Seven Oaks. Classic church whoop. Um, Caroline's not my mum, just so you know. Just thought I'd say that. Uh, my, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, my story of self-care is a story of when I've really not cared for myself. Um, so when I was uh, 13 years old at school, we had to do cross-country. Do you know what I mean by cross country? Yeah, awful, terrible, a joke. Um, and I really didn't want to do it. And so my mum's a doctor, uh, and I knew that I had to really be mischievous. Uh, this is wrong, by the way, but hopefully it models something that we'll talk about later, um, to convince her that I couldn't run. And so what I had in my room is I had a, a big speaker, and I thought the only way I'm going to convince her that I can't run is by making it seem that I I literally cannot. And so I took the speaker and I dropped it on my foot uh, multiple times. Uh, nothing happened. I still had to run. So number one, this was a horrible thing. Uh, but it was certainly a moment of me looking in the mirror being like, I don't like this. I don't like m- myself running or anything like that. And also going to the point where it just wasn't bothered about it. Um, but talking about self-care, it started a journey in me going, I can't be like this. This doesn't work in life. This ain't going to be good for myself anyway. So we'll talk more about self-care in a bit as well. Taylor. Yeah, nice. Mind is kind of similar, like that kind of early on realizing like what works and what doesn't. So I am a giant extrovert, as we kind of voted earlier. I get all my energy from being around people. Like this is my dream kind of setting. Uh, we could get more people in here. I'd be fine. But I think um, as a teenager, I was a very, very angry teenager. I had a lot of anger, um, didn't know where to put it. And just this question made me just think about memories like in my household. And it's kind of a journey I would do a lot of the time, which would be like there'd be some sort of argument or some sort of frustration. And it would probably involve me, I'm a bit embarrassed, but it probably involved involve me screaming on the way to my bedroom, slamming the door enough to kind of crack the like foundations of the house. I'm very strong. Um, and then throw myself onto my bed and scream into the pillow, followed by putting on an album, like a music album, right? Now, music albums, just to just mention, I think we need to come back to listening to music albums. Like the shuffle feature, beautiful feature, but you've got to listen to a body of work. Anyway, albums, I, tell, I say this because listening to albums that I knew and I love music would just calm me. And I used to kind of cry it out, chill, sing, and I'd just be okay. Now, the reason I said I was an extrovert is I think just looking back, and I'm not sure I even realized that then, but realizing it now, that actually there is a 5% of the time that actually being alone is a place and listening to music that I can still 
some of my like negative character traits, some of those things I need to diffuse, some of those things that I'm working through, some of those things I need to work on. Having even just 5% for me as an extrovert, being alone, being with God, listening to music, um, now I realize is a way for me to practice self-care. And as an extrovert, I don't do it enough because I don't want to be alone. So that's my kind of thing. So I did say it's a workshop, so you've got to do some work. You ready to do some work? Are you ready to do some work? Okay, thanks. Jeez. Um, the other thing I did forget to tell you is there is this, this phone number up here. Um, all week, all week, we want to hear your questions. Um, there are no experts here. As Isabel said, these, this is our panel of non-experts. Isabel and I, Isabel and I, are here every... Isabel and I are here every day um, with different non-experts sitting with us, and we would love to hear your questions. So if you want to text in questions throughout today about self-care, about femininity, about masculinity, about singleness, do that. You don't have to be in the workshop to do that. You can just send us a text. And actually, I'm going all out and saying, we will answer all your texts, okay? Don't send us the same text 100 times to test that, okay? But we will answer all your texts. We might not get to everyone at New Day, but we will. We're determined to answer all of your texts and answer all of your questions. Yes, you can get your phones out now and save the number. Absolutely do that. Um, So what we would love you to do now is in your buckets, there are some prompts. um, And those prompts are questions and they are scriptures. So what we'd love you to do is you might want to break into smaller groups within your groups. But we'd love you to pick out a question uh, that you want to discuss or a scripture that you want to talk about or both would be great. Um, Or you might have another question about self-care that you want to talk about within your group. Those are just prompts to help you. And we're going to give you 10 minutes now just to have a chat. And if you've got a question from that for the panel, we'd love you to text that into us now. Okay? Okay. Let's focus back in. Oh, that was a weird accent. I don't do accents. I shouldn't have done that. Um, Okay, let's focus back in. Um, Cool. We had some good conversations, either with people in our groups or on our phones. Yeah, I'm not a mind reader, so I need responses from mouths. Yes? Yeah, great. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Cool. So I think it's good before we kind of go on to anything else just to focus on the Lord, because that's why we're here, is for Jesus. Um, and we want to make sure that anything that we say to you is, is backed by the Bible. We're not experts, but we love Jesus, and we do read the Bible every now and then, some of us more often than others. And so we just want to make sure that there's biblical backing to the things that we are saying. So, um, Sanjeev, how do we know that God cares about self-care? And is there anything in the Bible that tells us that he does? Yeah, I think it's a great question. Um, Three-part answer. Number one, we know that God cares about self-care because he made us. So in Genesis at the beginning, he makes all creation. He makes man and doesn't say it's just good. He says it's very good. He puts a special emphasis on it. Genesis 1 verse 27 Man and woman, he made them. He made them in the image of God. If we are made in the image of God, it is good. 
And God loves his creation, which means he, second point, loves you. So first point, you are his creation. He made you. God doesn't make something that he's unbothered about. He makes something that he's bothered about. Second point, he loves you. Um, in uh, John 3.16, classic, God so loved the world, full stop, kind of. But it clarifies that even more to say he gave his only son that whoever believes him shall not perish but have eternal life. We read later in the different books of John, I think it's 1 John, it says that God loves, we, we love because God loved us first. So from that very basis, God loves us first, and then from that outpouring, we then love others. That, by the way, is including ourselves in that. It's not just love others, but it's love us. So number one, it's creation. Number two, he loves us. Thirdly, he grounds us. So Philippians 3, very helpful. Paul goes through it, and I might come back to this a few times. He goes through all these different things that Paul is. He's a Pharisee of Pharisees, a zealots of zealots. He was this great man. You know, if you wanted anyone, Paul was the Beyonce of his time kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, he, he was it all. And yet he says, all of that is nothing. Everything that I have is nothing compared to the surpassing worth of Christ. Do you know what that means? That means it's someone who knows that he's grounded in God. And if he's grounded in God, it means that God is bothered about how we are grounded in him. Therefore, we've got to be bothered about self-care because he takes us on a journey. Really Helpful? That's good. Really good. Yeah. Taylor. Hello. Um, I'm just thinking, it's, I just have like a couple of things flying around my mind. So the Bible tells us, that, tells us that we should desire to be fit for purpose and be fit for every good work. And that doesn't mean fit, you know, like fit and muscly, but it does mean in good working condition. Like... If we're not taking care of ourselves, we're less capable and less ready to go out and do the good work that God has prepared for all of us to do in advance. Before you were even born, the Bible tells us that Jesus had plans for us to go out and act, and he gave us gifts to go out and act to show his kingdom in the world. Now, if we are not taking care of ourselves, we get into a situation where we're not fit to do the good work that God has set before us. So whether that's mental health, physical health, um, depends on what what good works he has before you. But if we're not taking care of ourselves, then we are not preparing ourselves and making ourselves fit for every good work in order to serve him. Um, so he definitely cares about that. Um, I also think about there's so many different times in the Bible where people find themselves at the lowest of the low. They find themselves in deep despair. And they cry out to him. And sometimes, sometimes God does so many different things that you wouldn't imagine. But one of my favorites is with Elijah. I always get my shoes and my shoes mixed up. Um, but... Basically, there's a guy in the Bible. He's super depressed. He's super freaked out. And he runs off and he hides. And he lies down by a rock and in the rubble. It's honestly, and I don't, I laugh because it's, it can be a kind of comedy picture. But really, it's not. This guy is, is asking to die. He's praying that he would just be done. Like, people don't want me around. I'm useless. I don't want to be here anymore. I can't do this anymore. And I think at that point, you kind of expect maybe that God would give some kind of come on, like big speech and like get back out there. We've got work to do and there's, there's miracles to be done and whatever. And actually God just sends a messenger instead to basically, paraphrasing, give him some bread, cake, and says, have a sleep. You know what you need? Some f we had it. We had it earlier. God basically comes and says, you need to have a rest and you need to eat. Go back to sleep. And I just think that's so 
profound to me, like so beautiful that God would understand in his gentleness, because while he's powerful and he has work for us to do, he's also a gentle God and he loves us like his children. He understands when we actually just need a rest and we need food and we need provision and we need sustenance in order to have our energy up. And so I think that for me is a massive one that I hold on to when I think I should be doing more, I should be doing more, but I'm at the lowest I can be. Have a sleep, have some cake, meet with God, get ready to go back out. Um, I grew up quite poor, very poor. Um, And when I was a child, I used to dream that one day I'll live in a beautiful mansion and it will be gold and have all these incredible things in it. Um, And, you know, whenever I thought about my mansion, it was always beautifully clean and, and wonderful and full of wonderful things. And when I became a Christian, I found this scripture that says, my body was the temple of the Holy Spirit. And uh, when I started my, definitely my journey of real self-care last year, that's what came back to me is like, oh, my body's a temple. I was only dreaming of a mansion when I was a kid. This is like a whole temple. And how should I look after a temple? Should I just treat it any old way? Just let it get grubby and slimy and let cobwebs form in it? Or should I just really care for it? Because my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The ever-living God lives in me. That means I really need to look after that space. That means I need to care for that space. Um, We're going to go to some of your questions and um, put them to the panel. Let's see if I can read this. It's actually, can I just say, like, new date, spare no cost, like, high-tech phone, guys, Um, And you know what? After years of having a smartphone, I don't even know how this works, but we're going to go with it. Isabel's going to help me. I got, I think, I don't know. Okay, I've got one. I've got a question. Uh, How much should we look after ourselves? There's a few questions here. I'm going to move away. Is that? Okay. How much should we look after ourselves? Uh, What is considered too selfish and what is not enough? Okay, how much should we look after ourselves? What is considered too selfish and what is not enough? You want that? Um, I think that one of the important things, I don't want to feedback, one of the important things um, to remember is that we are all individuals. Um, God didn't make, like, do a copy and paste when he created us, right? Everyone's different. So people's boundaries are going to look different depending on what the situation is and what you do. Um, so I have depression. Um, I have ADHD. I have what is called general anxiety disorder. Basically, I'm just, I have a lot of mental illnesses. Um, and it means that the things that I can and can't do and the boundaries that I have to put in place and the things that I have to do that require self-care is different to what mum has to do. Right. So, um, for instance, last night, um, did worship with the band. Um, we're queuing up for food, and I'm a talker. I love talking um, a lot. I love talking a lot, um, and I literally had to stand in silence for ten minutes so that I don't lose my voice because I've still got a whole other week of singing and speaking with you and trying to talk to other people. So that meant that okay, as a part of self care, you literally need to shut up for ten minutes and close your mouth. And just, like, have a moment and, like, breathe for a second and, like, t- 
take some time. I know that after this seminar, I'm gonna go and hide in a tent because I'm really tired and talking to people makes me really tired because I'm an introvert. And so I'm gonna have to take 30 minutes of time to myself and probably play games on my phone so that I can come back down and then come back out and have more energy for the rest of the week. That doesn't mean that that's what Taylor's gonna do. That doesn't mean that that's what Sanjeev's gonna do. I think that there, is, there are points where it's like, oh, okay, that's a bit selfish. It's, it's probably not good if your parents say, hey, can you hang up the laundry? And you're like, but I need to care for myself right now. Like, I'm just, I'm having a really hard time. You can do self-care and hang up the laundry. That's okay. There are, there are levels of boundary and we want to be obedient to our elders and the people in charge and people that we trust. If someone asks you to do something, there are certain things that you know that you should do or shouldn't do. But there are also things where it's like, actually... My friends have the energy to go and do this thing. My friend has the energy to go to this party or hang out with this person or go and do this thing. I don't. And it's okay to say no to stuff and like give yourself permission to say no to stuff. I'm still learning to say no to stuff. I find it really hard. I definitely get FOMO. Um, but it's, it's a working progress. And the more that you do it, the better that you will feel and the more things you'll be able to say yes to. So I think don't look at the person next to you and think oh, well, they've got this self-care routine or they've got these boundaries or they've got this thing that works for them and so I should be doing exactly that. Different people have different capacities and it doesn't mean that you're better or worse if you have more time or more space for anything else. Yeah, I think just to back that, the best analogy I can give is the London Marathon. So everyone runs the La London Marathon. Well, not everyone. Definitely not me. Um, when people run the London Marathon... Uh, they do it for different reasons, right? They're, they're running at different paces. Some of them are wearing silly outfits. Some of them want to be personal best, whatever it might be. But everyone's goal is the same. Complete the London Marathon. I think it's the same for our walk. What's the fundamental goal? We glorify God. It's the fundamental goal of all of our lives. But what that looks like is going to be different from everyone. And that's the important part. Now, if, if I started to do things that was about glorifying myself, i.e., at the end, I'm then going, hey, look at me, look at what I've done, that's when it changes to be more selfish. So when it's stuff to do with, you know what, it's about myself, rather than it's about the glorification of God, that's when it changes. Now, does that mean sitting on the sofa, having some ice cream, watching a film is about myself? No, not always. Because sometimes I need to be away to rest and relax like Elijah to actually be fulfilled to be able to go again. And, and that's the difference here. Actually, spending time by yourself, spending time rejuvenating yourself. Just complete aside, God created a Sabbath. It's called sabbating, which means rest. And for some people, sabbating and rest is being by themselves. So some, for some people, like my wife and I, our sabbat is doing an escape room. We love escape rooms. For some people, that would be awful. For us, doing an escape room and cooking a meal and being active is our way of sabbatting because it's resting in that kind of way. So fundamentally, the goal is about the glorification of God. It has to be. can't be anything else. But your journey... That's where I've, I so agree. Don't look to the left. Don't look to your right. Run your race. As long as to the honor and glory of God, I think we're good. Anything else? Um, 
Uh, just a quick thought, just that I think sometimes we struggle with the word love. So like, you know, you know, no one's going to go around saying, I love myself. It makes you sound like someone people don't want to be around. Um, I think that's because we sometimes struggle with understanding what the definition of God's love is and what it means to love God and love others. Um, and sometimes thinking about this, absolutely, I think we should love God and love others fiercely. And I do think that we should love ourselves. A helpful word um, sometimes that I think of as well is value. Like, do I value myself? Because sometimes I think when we ask that question, we realize that there's a little bit of unwillingness to love or care for ourselves. But if God calls us valuable, if God says, you are valuable to me, who are we to treat ourselves as invaluable or like something that could be thrown away or not looked after. Um, so yeah, just a thought, like, do I value myself is the question that comes to mind. And if God puts that value on me, you know, who, I can't take it away. <laughs> uh, so another question is, how do I politely make time for myself when I'm around others? How do I distance myself when I need to get away politely I'll, I mean I'll answer that in one sense um, so I, as we've said I am Isabel's mum um, and Isabel and I are very very different I'm an extrovert um, I don't have ADHD um, she's an introvert she does have ADHD I also can't sing as well as her but that's a minor um, and one of the things that I have encouraged uh, all of my children to do Isabel included is to be honest um, my husband is also an introvert, um, and I learned quite a long time ago that actually I love having parties and that I want to have parties all the time, and that he doesn't, and I didn't know how we would ever work that out. And the way we worked that out is he says, um, okay, it's been really lovely having you all here. I'm just going to go off by myself for a bit, and he just leaves, and that's okay. Um, and so, so it's really, for me, it's about being honest. You don't, if you're honest with someone and say, hey, I actually need some headspace now because I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed um, for whatever reason. And that might be, I'm just, this is how it is now. Um, Smith Rigglesworth, who I loved, used to say, I'm, I need to go now and pray. And he'd go off every 20 minutes or half an hour because he wanted to pray. Um, no one ever questions that, right? Um, so it's all the same to say, actually, I just need some time because as Sanjeev said, you know, you're, you're rejuvenating yourself. You're giving yourself that time so that you can be more for God, so that you can give your best to God's people. Um, and so you need to, to capture that time and be honest in that. Anyone else? Um, just practically, one thing I found really helpful is like just setting up those conversations. So in the questions that you're asking, we can hear a lot of like, how do I love myself? And is that not loving others? And how do I do it politely? In other words, as not to offend. So we're thinking about other people, which I think is great. And I think just setting up those relationships that you have, having a conversation like, how do you like to be loved? Maybe that's a weird thing to say in your classroom, but what gives you energy? How do you like people to appreciate you or show you care and when they've told you then you say oh that's really interesting for me I, I need these things actually I get energy here and that's different to you having those conversations then sets you up for the future with friends and family even and this revolution revolutionized my relationship with my mum because we were so different um, and when the time comes you're able to say 
oh, like, remember when we had that chat and I said, actually, for me, I need some time out. Or it really helps me when people say nice things to me and encourage me. But you like this. Oh, I actually kind of need that right now. Or I need to step away. Or I, you know, you've had that conversation. You've set it up. I think a lot of people have heard of the love languages. I don't know if you guys have. Um, but it's quite cliche, but I think it's so helpful that everybody loves and likes to be loved differently. So there are five acts of service, which is doing things for people, words of affirmation, saying, you look great, you did a really good job, I think you're valuable. Quality time, so that, I'm an extrovert, I need quality time with people. Um, giving gifts and physical touch, hugs, saying, hey, how are you, giving a hug, you know, being on the sofa with your friends and stuff like that. I think it's so important to understand what your love languages are. And I think then you're able to communicate that with other people. So my mum and I, my mum's whole thing was acts of service. Now, when she tidied my room, when I'd come home from school or come home from university, as I said, I was a very angry child. I would lose it. I was so angry that someone could think that they could touch all my stuff. I was furious. Fast forward to my 20s. It took this long to have the conversation with my mum. How do you like to be loved? Oh, I like it when people do things for me. Oh, when she did things for me, she was loving me. She thought, when Taylor comes home, she's going to be so happy that I've tidied her room. She said, what's yours? I said, words of affirmation. I don't want my mum to tidy my room. I just wanted her to say, you did a great job today. And in my 20s, I learned what it meant to love others and have them love me and know my boundaries and how to communicate them. So if you can get into the habit of having those conversations, learning about the people around you and those differences, it will set you up. Um, who, who gets nervous easily? Can you put your hands up? Who gets nervous easily? Yeah, welcome. Yeah, yeah, I'm part of that. I'll t- tell you why I asked that, because while I'm reading the question as well, kind of linking very much with what Taylor said, is how do I say no politely? The word politely I find really interesting because culturally we just don't like saying no. The reason why is because we like being people pleasers. I am one. And that's why I know I get nervous easily is because when someone asks me to do something, actually my lot will know, I I really struggle to say no. Um, And so I just want to talk to the nerves in the room just about this quickly. The reason why I brought up Philippians 3 is because I think Paul really helpfully instructs us on how to deal with that. Jesus also talks about don't be afraid. Now notice he doesn't say don't be nervous. And I find that really helpful. Because it means then there are certain situations that it's okay to be nervous in. Be in a situation like this, it's all right. It's a bit nervous. Yeah, going to school and having to be a Christian in your school, guess what? You're different. It's okay. It's okay to be nervous. But there's a difference between being nervous and being afraid. Why? Well, the reason why is because though I might be nervous in the action, I don't need to be afraid in my identity. What Philippians 3 tells us is that I have, it's a passing worth, that everything else doesn't matter compared to having Christ. Now, if there is certainty in identity, therefore fear has no way in. Because I'm certain in who I am in God's. Which therefore means from a self-care, from that mental self-care perspective, I can lie on the fact of going, well, if I am certain about who I am in God, then what other people think of me doesn't really matter as much. 
So I might be nervous to say no, but I don't have to be afraid to say no. And the reason why is because the politely word implies that we're upsetting others. Truthfully, it's not your role to try and figure out whether you're going to upset someone else or not. If you're doing it out of love, if you're doing it in the same way that Taylor's describing with those love languages, you're doing it out of affection, if you're doing it from a place where you are trying to love others and someone gets offended by that, guess what? It's their problem. It's not yours. Because actually the nervous side is one thing, building up that encouragement to do that. But if you're getting upset because someone else is upset, guess what? That's fear. That's what starts to emerge. And that is what God's saying do not fear. Yes, nerve slips in. Welcome, it's okay. But any aspect of saying no, that you're going, I'm struggling to do this, and fear's creeping in, truthfully, that's for me, starts to identify, okay, do I actually know who I am in Christ? And if I know I am in Christ, I can be certain in myself, and I can have care for myself in that, and therefore, if other people react in that kind of way, I don't need to be affected by that. Yeah, you said all the things I was going to say. I'm like, there's got nothing else. Um, we're, we're doing a little bit of a gear change, but I thought this was an interesting question. Um, if you like someone and you know they don't like you back, what do you do and how do you apply self-care to make you feel better? I'm going to give you guys a second to think about it. I'll, um, if you like someone and you know they don't like you back, how, uh, what do you do? And how do you apply self-care to make you feel better? Um, you want to go? You want to go? Um, you come to this really good seminar uh, workshop in to tomorrow, which is Should I Stay Single? Um, that is the solid answer. Um, we love Jesus. You know, it's just that really, it's so cheesy, isn't it? But we love Jesus. We love Jesus. And our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit and we find peace and fulfillment and joy and everything, everything we need in Jesus. And Jesus cares about every tiny thing and every enormous thing that bugs you, that hurts you, that affects you, that impacts you. He cares about everything that makes you happy. He cares that about everything that you're like, meh, about, and he cares about everything that hurts your heart. And so all of those things you bring back to Jesus. You, you go back, you sit in your space, whether that space is a walk on the hills or a walk through Primark or sitting with your Bible in a silent space or putting your music on blaring loud and you say, Jesus, this is how I feel. And he promised, I love this, because he promised. And I don't, you know, I've had people promise me stuff and it never happened. But he promised us a comforter, yeah. right? And, you know, I've got nice blankets at home that sometimes you call comforters. And, it's, and they do, they live up, you put them on and, oh, that feels good. Jesus promised us the comforter, which means we get comfort from the Holy Spirit. And when we give these things back to the Lord and say, Jesus, this, that hurts, man. I really like them and, the, and I don't even know I'm alive. That hurts so bad. And nobody else gets how hurt, 
how much that hurts me. And the Holy Spirit says, I do. I do. I understand. Come and let me comfort you. Um, so I'm single. Um, we'll talk about this more tomorrow. I'm single. I'm 25. I'm single. I've never dated all the other bits. Again, we'll get, we'll get into this more tomorrow. Um, I have definitely had feelings for people who have not had feelings for me back and that it's sucky and it's trash and it makes you want to go, I wish that I had like no emotions or feelings in any way whatsoever because feeling nothing would be better than feeling all, all the things that I feel for a person who's not reciprocating it. I think one of the things that I've had to learn and I'm still learning is like feelings are good and emotions are good and it's okay to feel a lot it's okay to feel a lot for a person it's okay if that person doesn't reciprocate it's okay if that person isn't do you know what I mean gonna be the person that you date or marry or or, or whatever it is sometimes it's just like oh, okay this is an outlet and God's given me feelings for this person or he's shown me um, characteristics in this person that I really, really like and I find that attractive, that's okay. It's okay to thank God for those feelings. It's okay to thank God for that person. I would say on a practical level in terms of self-care, um, be careful who you talk to about the feelings that you have for people. There are friends and we all have wonderful friends who are for us and love us and want the best, but in them wanting the best, they stir the feelings up to more than it was originally. Do you know what I mean? So you, you have these friends who every time you have an interaction with this person, they're in the background like, like the whole way through. That's not helpful. It doesn't help you if you're trying to navigate your feelings well and to navigate it in a way that's not going to cause you to stumble or, or do anything that would jeopardize a friendship or a relationship or anything like that, it can sometimes not be helpful to have people around you who are gassing you up for something that's actually not going to happen. So I think have your safe people, have your people that you are going to chat to, have the people that you are going to have like in your little circle where you can be honest and go, hey, I really like this dude or I really like this girl or this person and I'm, I'm really into them and I, it feels really sucky. And they can be like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. Let's chat about that. How are you feeling? Let me check in on you the next day or so. But that doesn't mean you have to tell everybody because not everybody doesn't need to know all your business. It's not for everyone. Like, your life is not social media. It doesn't need to be broadcasted out to everyone at all times. And I think on a really practical level, a level of self-care is let me restrict and, and bring some boundaries and bring some protection to my feelings so that I can navigate that well. Not everything is for everyone. Can I, can I rephrase that just a little bit, the, the, the question? So... Um, going to talk about the relationship side but just to rephrase slightly i think part of the question is if i go through disappointment how can i deal with self-care i think that's probably part of it as well right um look i, th I think the reality is we all go through disappointment and it's part of life and it's okay but it's what we do in that really matters let me be really vulnerable with you guys for a second uh, and this is not to make it sound worse but just to kind of be really open um i've had i've had a broken engagement um, I failed my GCSEs, I failed my A-levels, I've been fired from a job for uh, false grounds. There's been multiple times in our life, my wife and I, we tried hard to, to have a baby. Like we, 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 you know, bless it, we, we've been blessed with stuff, we've got a little baby boy, but we've gone through disappointment. 
And look, it's, a, it's part of reality. Here's, here's the best thing I could tell you about disappointment. God is kind and faithful. I, th- I think it's it just matching up with everything that's already been said is so true. Jeremiah, God says to this young prophet, for I have plans for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Here's the problem. When we go for disappointment, we go for those things, in those moments, we kind of go to God, yeah, but you said you have plans to prosper us. And he goes, I do. That's why I love the story, kind of linking it all together. I love the story of Elijah when he makes a suicidal prayer and, and, and he wakes up and the angel it kind of says in the words, um, go in the power of the spirit. No, he doesn't actually say that. It says, go in the power of this food and walk. Because God gets really practical that sometimes it's not about getting super spiritual about it, but sometimes it's just dealing with emotion. It's just dealing with what's going on in that disappointment. But it's having an assurance of knowing, well, if you've promised that you've got me, then you're going to have to keep it. And, and there's been times where, um, just from a practical side, I, I've started to journal. And I hate it. Um, if I'm honest with you, I really don't like it. Because I look back in the journal, I'm like, boy, you were an idiot. Like, oh, why were you writing stuff like this? Like, there's some stuff I'd really be like, God, I can't believe that I'm struggling with this again. Why am I doing that? And then two weeks later, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that was my fault. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry for this. It was just, it was, but I found it really helpful to basically process my thoughts and process my disappointment. So if this is you who texted that in, though it's anonymous, please grab a youth leader because you're you're in a valley right now. You're in a place of disappointment. Psalm 23 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Why? Because the Lord is with me. That's why. So if you are going through this emotional side where you, you know, you're talking to someone, you like them, they don't like you back, and you're like, Rah, what am I going to do with this? The best thing you can do is come to the vice that will give you the best comfort. And nothing else will do you good apart from the Lord Jesus. And sometimes being with the Lord Jesus, like I said, is being on the sofa with, with just a little bit of tears and just be like, okay, this is long. This is hard. I'm struggling with this. And two days later, it might then be a place going, okay, God, let's, let's deal with this. But I just think it's important that we deal with disappointment in a way that is healthy and godly in that way. Um, okay, quick fire, quick fire question. Um, someone has asked, how do you make time for self-care alongside homework and busy life i will answer we will answer this uh, properly properly in a text but i think it would be good to just end and say what does self-care look like for you on an average day quick fire go that way go that way Uh, for me it's when i can going in the morning going for a walk so i work quite a lot at home um and if you're in school by the way, you'll be in classrooms majority of the time or forced to do PE, um, where it's your kind of free time outside. Spend some time by yourself, genuinely. It's the best thing you can do. Even as an extrovert, there are moments where I need five minutes by myself. Um, invest it either in headphones so you can listen to music. If you don't like music, then find, find something that you love. What I really enjoy is the fact that we have a creative God who loves creation and loves being creative. 
which means he loves singing, he likes songs, those kind of stuff. So I love cooking, so I, I get cooking books, I, I cook in the kitchen, I love music, I blast it loud on speakers. That's my way of finding self-care in the midst of everything else. So either going for walks in the morning or in what I can do, find time where I can then feed myself in that. Yeah, I was just going to say joy, find something that gives you joy. Mine is cooking. And sometimes I'm too busy, like to imagine shopping and getting all of the ingredients out. But the moment it started, oh, I love cooking from fresh, everything. Um, that doesn't mean that has to be your thing, but find the thing that gives you joy. And just to say, I can't imagine the pressure you guys are under. Like you have to be good at everything and do all the exams and all the lessons and all the things and the friendships and the clubs and everything. I don't know how much parents love it when I say this, but I say it to all my youth. You're not going to be good at everything. You might fail some exams. Great, because you'll get direction. If you're, you're, you are excellent at something, right? God has gifts for you. You're going to be great at the things he's given you. You're going to be rubbish at the things he hasn't given you, okay? I have no administrative gift. I'm always late. Everyone always has to tell me where to be. I don't know what's going on, but I love to speak. <laughs> but yeah, guys, like, there's so much on. I'm not telling you to drop things and don't, don't go home and say that I said that, but Find your avenues, and as you do, you'll find space for joy because you're not trying to master everything. If you're rubbish at something, put your energy to what you are great at and you love. I was going to say the same thing, so, yeah. You? Yeah. Um, on a practical thing, I'm just going to give away like my top secret. Don't tell anyone I told you this. Um, I have big headphones, like over-the-ear headphones, and um, sometimes they're not playing anything, and I just pretend that I can't hear anyone around me. And I, I go, oh, what? Sorry. Um, and Meryl, sorry, I tell my husband that I do that. He didn't know. <coughs> uh, yeah, and that's how, I'm an extrovert. I love being around people, but sometimes I, I actually need silence. Um, I don't, I love music. I live with music all the time. Sometimes I just need nothing. And sometimes in silence, I just, that's where I hear God. I hear him in the noise as well, because he's louder than everything. But, yeah, sometimes I just find a silence. Yeah. I think it's good, just find little things, find a thing. I love coffee, I drink a lot of coffee. Um, and coffee makes me happy. And so I try to drink a coffee a day, which I know sounds really stupid, but it's just a little thing. It's like, oh, okay, I'm going to have my coffee. So it might be that this week you'll just find a thing and each day, and that's just a little thing that perks you up. That's self-care. That's, it's good. It's, it's helpful. We're utilizing the things that God has given us. Um, I want to pray for us before we close. I know we've run over. I do apologize, youth leaders and people who want to eat lunch. You want to speak before I pray? Mum wants to say something. Before she prays, I just want to bring it a little bit of chaos, okay? So I went to Lush, and I said, oh, I'm going to talk to all these young people about self-care. Give me some stuff. So Lush have given us just a few... Um, self-care face masks if you would like one just form an orderly queue at the end and the first 50 people will get one before you start standing let's just close our eyes quickly we're just going to quickly pray okay yeah father god we thank you that you are a person who cares who loves deeply and feels deeply that there is not a single thing that's going on in our lives that you don't know and care about that you love us all individually and also on mass all together lord jesus and so we just ask that you'll help us to find time this week and as we leave knee day to find moments of self-care and that as we do um, take these moments of caring for ourselves and loving ourselves that you will reveal yourself to us 
all the more and that we will be closer with you in relationship. In your name, amen.